0: Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Um, thank you for um, the faith that uh, Elder Mike and Pastor Mike have in me to, to preach this morning. God, I just pray that you would get me out of the way and just bring your word to these people. God, we pray for uh, fullness of health for the entire Hurchin family. Just get them all healthy and um, get rid of COVID entirely from this world it, whenever it's your will. And God, we are ready for that. And God, we just pray um, for uh, listening, ears, will, uh, open hearts and just for my words to not get in the way of what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, it seems that every time I'm asked to preach, it's right after we've taken a trip somewhere. I like to think that we don't just travel all the time, but it's kind of starting to seem that way. Uh, This time was no different. We decided we weren't going to buy a bunch of presents or ask Santa to bring a bunch of presents to our kids this year. Usually the toys, games, widgets, whatever we end up getting our kids will end up in their closets or stacked up in the back corner of their room. So this year we decided we're getting experiences for the boys. Most of it was stuff that we do anyway. It's just pre-buying stuff that's on deal for Black Friday or Cyber Month this year. Uh, We got them gift cards to Andy B's. Um, It's a bowling alley and arcade. Um, They love to do that whenever school is out, or after school, whenever nothing else is going on. We got them an annual membership for the whole family for getaway golf, because you can go there three times as a family of four, or you can pay for a whole year, because it's pretty expensive. Um, We got them a gift card to Urban Air, because what kid doesn't want to ride zip lines, play video games, jump on trampolines, and literally climb the walls, Christopher? Again, these are things we were going to do anyway, so why not pre-buy when there's big deals going on them? For another experience, I know this one won't be too popular in this room, since we were traveling to Tennessee anyway, we bought tickets for a Titans game in Nashville. Uh, We bought those tickets before Derrick Henry injured his foot, so they weren't cheap, but luckily the seats were terrible also. Um, We had that going for us. And to top it all off, uh, we were in a hurry, going from the hotel to the game i um, not gonna say whose fault that was Melissa, and so I didn't get a chance to put on a coat or insulated pants or anything And I literally almost froze to death in my little hoodie there, so that was great um, But that night the Titans did get a win against the 49ers, so that was good and Unfortunately, they lost yesterday, so that's just a little just a little fresh in my mind um, But it'll be nice to say that our team beat the eventual Super Bowl champs neither the Niners or the Bills So that's we got that going for us Have I offended everyone now perfect? Let's keep going For the boys, Melissa also wrapped a couple of wooden planes with the Allegiant logo drawn upon them up there now and If you don't know, Allegiant has some crazy cheap fares to some of the smaller airports in the country with all the travel We've done since we've been married and before we had never been to the deep southwest or the northeast Well, it's January. So that made that choice pretty easy. We booked tickets to Mesa, Arizona this was sight unseen, never talked to anybody that had been there, lived there, anything. We just bought the tickets, and they were like, okay, now what? So we got on, figured out there we uh, could stay on credit card, credit card points at one of the big hotels there. Um, we got a great deal on a rental car, which turned out to be a Volkswagen Passat, which if you've never driven one of those, drive one. It's an amazing car, they're real expensive though. Um, and the guy at the enterprise desk was very kind and offered us an upgrade to an SUV for an additional $30 per day, no thank you. Um, we did a little bit of homework before we left and found a few things we wanted to see. Um, as usual, on a trip with the Buchanan's, if you know us, um, it was going to be centered around eating, being outdoors, hiking, and eating, and eating. Um, to kick this party off right, we went to a local pizza place for the first dinner. This place was called Oregon Stop Pizza, O-R-G-A-N Stop Pizza. So Sam and I, and probably a lot of you, assumed that the pizza was so greasy and delicious that you're literally gonna put your organs into failure. No, it was. The pizza was that good, but the real star of the show was the pipe organ. Now, I'm not usually a big fan of the pipe organ because, you know, they rarely show up in hip hop music, Uh, but this was no ordinary organ. This organ had nearly 100 individual foot pedals that controlled bass drums, trash can bottoms, an accordion, several snare drums, a piccolo, A bubble machine and my family's favorite a wooden duck that quacked when he touched the pedal and yes the duck was used as a musical instrument in the show the show was incredible the pizza was very good we decided when we saw how elaborate the show was going to be that the food would be an afterthought and probably not very good Uh, so we just ordered a cheese pizza and some of their locally brewed root beers but the pizza was out of this world absolutely delicious um, they ended up making us two because the chef wasn't happy how the first one turned out, so he made us another one. We took care of both of them, no problem. Um, that night, we hit the hot tub and the heated pool because it was in the mid to upper 70s, and the pool and hot tub were both nice and warm and relaxing. Next slide. The rest of the time, we hiked, 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 and hiked, which the boys were very excited about. Right, guys? <laughs> um, if you look at the, this picture, you can't really see it, but that blue circle is where the boys decided, once we hiked all the way up to this little bit of a waterfall, they said, can we go up there? Go for it. And they took off and ran, what was that, 60 yards, 80 yards? It was a long way, straight up, straight up a mountain. Um, let's see. So we did take in a natural history museum that after being at the Creation Museum, we found it to be cool, but their timelines, timelines were a little off. Next slide, please. So, here it asserts that Mount Rushmore has been there for 1.6 billion years. No explanation, no sign in front of it to say, well, this mountain's been there this long, nothing. Just Mount Rushmore 1.6 billion years ago. Cool, that's, that's fantastic. Good to know that that's what they believe. Um, we even ran into Nick Saban over here who looked like he had aged 25 years after being whipped in the college football national championship game, go dogs, by the way, and if you thought you were going to get through a sermon from me today and not hear me mention the Georgia Bulldogs, you are incorrect, sir. They hadn't been there in 41 years, and I've been a fan for 30, so it was time, and I have a ton of Georgia memorabilia already, and Melissa looked at me and said, well, at least you have all your Georgia stuff. I was like, hmm, don't have championship stuff, though, so there's multiple deliveries coming to our house this week. Thank you, darling, I really appreciate that. Um, When we went to the airport on the last day, they let probably a third of the passengers on the plane and then announced, hey, everybody, we're not sure if you'll land in Springfield tonight or if it'll be in a surrounding airport, as it sounds like Springfield is under quite a bit of snow cover. So if you're under 18 and traveling without an adult, please come to the front so you can call somebody. So immediately we were slapped in the face with a reminder that everywhere wasn't 77 and clear. But we did make it to the airport safe and sound just to find this waiting on us in the parking lot. Completely snow-covered Honda Pilot. We did take the Honda Pilot because it's our third car, and we didn't want to be wrecking another car. Um, so we ended up having to replace the windshield wipers. I turned on the windshield wipers, and both of them snapped, and the arms just came up without the, without the blade. Perfect. Um, but we made it home, and everybody seemed to have a good time. So why did I tell you all that before the sermon? <clears throat> There was a paperclip in that drink, so that's fun. That's a lot of fun. At least I didn't swallow it. Uh, Did I tell you that just to brag on the Bulldogs? Maybe a little, but it was more to encourage you what your kids and the people that love you really want from you more than anything is your time and attention. We made terrific memories on that trip. Um, Melissa and I will not find those memories hidden away in the closets or the corners of our boys' bedroom six months from now. Um, One example, and Sam, don't be embarrassed that I'm telling this, is Sam is passionate about baseball and football. And he was having a little trouble getting the correct form of a (laughs) push-up. Now, now he does. Um, So... We went to the gym in our hotel, and he started doing it, and I was like, what is this? And he said, well, it's a push-up. No, it's not. And so that had been a problem for a while, and I spent about 30 minutes helping him with his form, struggling myself, by the way, because I don't do push-ups every day, but after about 30 minutes and tears, I won't say which one of us had tears, uh, we eventually got it, and he eventually got it. And to see the joy in his face when 30 minutes later, he's like, hey, Dad, watch this. Perfect form, push-up, 10 of them, and it's like, okay. So, Sam, do you want to come up and show everybody what a perfect push-up looks like? Okay, that's good. That's good. But we need to consider: Will Sam remember the video games we brought, bought him, or that his dad spent time to help him get his form right? Because his dad loves him and doesn't want him to, and wants him to know what a correct push-up looks like, so he won't be jumped on by the coach in the middle of weight training. Hopefully, he'll remember that his dad took time to invest in something he's passionate about, and he is passionate about sports. Um, so. Anyway, a while back, Jason and I were trying to figure out what I was going to teach the high school boys. Uh, The boys had a suggestion, the book of Numbers. I'm pretty sure that was a dare more than anything, but at least they had a say. We went with it. I'm not sure if any of you have read the book of Numbers, but it is a book in the Bible. There are some nifty stories about some very uninteresting things in there, but there are a few gems scattered throughout it, but it was really tough to make it interesting for a group of high school boys. And before anyone gets bent out of shape or concerned, I'm fully aware of what 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for reproof, for correction, and learning in righteousness. I will say, the book of Numbers challenges the learning in righteousness portion of that verse. But at any rate, we were slogging through the book of Numbers, and we happened upon the story of Balaam the sorcerer and his talking donkey, This was fantastic. We watched a cartoon video about it, and it was very good. It's in Numbers 22, but it goes like this. Balaam the sorcerer rides this donkey he's had for years to visit a king who wants to call down fire on the Israelite people and really get their attention. Obviously, God was against this plan. Riding along the way, the donkey saw an angel blocking the road. When Balaam didn't see the angel, the donkey refused to go any further, which led Balaam to beat her mercilessly. God intervened. He let the donkey have the ability to speak, and speak she did. Balaam actually argued with a donkey and lost. As I told Sam and Christopher, if I'm walking Lola, our dog, down the road, and she stops and starts talking to me, I'm not going to argue with her. I'm either going to let her off the leash and say, go in peace, or I'm going to walk her home, call KY3, get on TV, and wait on the checks to start rolling in. But the angel commanded Balaam to go to the king and speak what God told him to say, berated him for abusing his donkey, and unsurprisingly, Balaam did what the angel asked asked him to do. He would not curse the people of Israel, even though the king asked him three times in three different places once he did meet up with him. God caused the the donkey to talk. So if it's me, I'm going along with whatever God's angel is asking me to do. Balaam could only speak God's words to the Israelite people. And all of those words were blessings. All the hatred that the enemy king had for Israel could not win. Balaam turned the enemy's curses into blessings for the Israelite people. Not unlike when Jesus came and blessed all of mankind with his willing sacrifice. Jesus turned all his enemies' hatred, curses, vile words, beatings, and ultimately his crucifixion into the biggest blessing of all time. Back to the boys. Once we covered the talking donkey, it was time to move on. The semester ended, and we've been off until tonight, but that left a hole in my plan for what to teach this semester. My family went with a few others from the church and otherwise to see The Chosen Christmas movie a few weeks ago, and several of the actors in the movie were talking about the many diverse names of God, and it was so interesting. So here we are, the new topic for the boys' study in this morning's message. God and Jesus have many names in the Bible. Here are some I found on David Jeremiah's davidjeremiah.org website. So there's a ton of them. Abba means father, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and just know, I don't know how to pronounce any of the rest of them. Um, Atik Yom, the Ancient of Days, Christos, the Anointed One, El Chul, the God who gave you birth, El Di, Dia, the God of Knowledge, El Elyon, the God Most High, El Olam, the Everlasting God, El Roy, the God who sees, El shaddai, which I think we've all heard that song, means God almighty. Elohim, the creator. Jehovah Yahweh, the self-existent one. Jehovah Bore, the Lord creator. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. Jehovah Saboth, the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. Jehovah's Sid Kinu, the Lord our righteousness. How awesome is it that our Lord has so many names to reach every part of our life that we might be struggling with at that time. Now, no worries. We're just going to focus on the Baptist preaching number here of how many points? Three. Very good. That's right, three of them. All right, so point number one. Name number one. I am who I am, or Yahweh. So in Exodus 3, 13 through 15... This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So the name that will withstand all generations is I Am. This name appears multiple times in the Old Testament, but much to the surprise of the Jewish people, Jesus used it in the New Testament, possibly most notably in the book of John. Leading up to John eight fifty eight, Jesus is trying to teach this group of Pharisees and religious leaders at the temple where they had brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. He rhetorically crushes this group of people who wanted to stone this woman, a woman who is having undoubtedly the worst day of her life as she has been dragged out in front of a large group of people, probably naked, had her business told to the entire world, and is about to be stoned to death per the law in Deuteronomy 22. And we'll look at that here in just a minute. But Jesus shut them down right then and there with this great statement. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. So let me set the scene a little bit more here. A group of people being led by Pharisees who have spent their entire lives reading the Torah and being told by the leaders that the Torah is where all truth and life and rules come from. This group of men who would be within the law to stone this woman for being a cheat per the law in Deuteronomy twenty-two twenty-two, where it says, If a man is found lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die the man who lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall purge the evil from Israel. So these men are now being told by this man who is growing in popularity, getting a following, and the regular people in the city love him. He likely wore his hair long, traveled like a vagabond, no place to call home, looked them dead in the face and said, any of y'all that have a spotless soul, never made a mistake, never sinned, go ahead and throw a rock. That's a Charlie paraphrase, by the way. Later on, Jesus is continuing this conversation with these Jewish gentlemen about his life and teachings. They accuse him of having a demon several times, so he accuses them of being the devil's offspring. And then he talks about chatting with Abraham, and they say, you're not even 50. How could you possibly have known Abraham? Let's just read that that section there. Do I have those slides? Um, So it's John 8, 39. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to him, "said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the tr- truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. Th- your father did." They said to him, "We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one Father, even God." Jesus said to them, "If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. It's pretty powerful. I came not of my own accord, but He sent me." Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. I'm sure they loved hearing that. And you will do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is because you are not of God. Verse 48, the Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Verse 54, Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? You see how they're completely off what they should be focusing on? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple So you see at that point in verse 58 Jesus hit a nerve with the crowd Truly truly I say to you before Abraham was I am It was after that they picked up rocks This reminded me men of when you're in a disagreement with your wife And you make a mistake and say what you've been wanting to say for a long long time Well that treks. you sound just like your mom Not me not me did you ask her to cut your hair that short, or... That was me. Um, you know, we should have just paid Sam's Club to come put this play set together. Me again. She had suggested it, and the price they gave us was 80% of the purchase price, so I scoffed and said, no, we can do that. But 28 hours into putting this monstrosity together, I was ready. Or kids, when your parents tell you to do something and you're tired, or you just forget who's in charge, and you fire back with something like, I said I'd do that later. Or I already told you what I wanted to drink. What do you want when you call their name? Uh, This is one of my favorites. No one likes a mean woman. Christopher? I said no. And I don't know, maybe because my dad is my same gender? Sam. It was like last year, wasn't it? Okay. Okay. At this point, we've told Christopher that he needs to take a full breath and consider what's about to come out of his mouth as he has a tendency to shoot from the hip or elbow or ear, wherever dumb ideas come from. Um, But we all say dumb things when we neglect to stop and think. So anyway, let's refocus. Once again, the name we're studying is I Am Who I Am. I am, in today's vernacular, is the start of a sentence. It's not a standalone thing. I am Melissa's husband. I am trying to preach a sermon. I am a lowly sinner. But God took the phrase and told Moses that when he spoke about God to refer to him as I am. It's a little confusing to those of us who love the English language, but then again, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. Different languages and cultures use different parts of speech, tenses, etc., to communicate. The Bible Project, which Jason and I love, they talk about basically everything from Genesis to Revelation, every one of the confusing things, they break it down. Anyway, look for it. It's on YouTube. Is that where it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they break it down like this To understand the power and weight of the name I am Compare this answer to the Egyptian pantheon The Israelite nation lived surrounded by temples dedicated to deities With faces, bodies, birth stories, and death stories Most significantly they had names and dominion over certain aspects of life For example, the goddess Isis had dominion over women, children, and medicine I told that to Melissa and she's like, Isis? And I said, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, her name identified her with specific characteristics, and she held sway over only a few elements of life. Not so for the God of Israel. Prior to this moment with Moses, the Israelites called their God Elohim, or El. This is a title, not a personal name, or El Shaddai, often translated, translated as God Almighty. When God gives a name for his people to call him, it conveys his dominion over all things, this, his source of power, and his eternal, eternal nature, I am. He is the self-sufficient, self-sustaining God who was and is and always will be. This eternal nature is conveyed better in the Hebrew than the English. The first time God says, I am, which is the literal translation in English, it could also be translated as, I am who I am, or I will be what I will be. Um, Exodus, yep. When God tells Moses, say this to the people of Israel, I am a sent you, it is translated Yahweh. Yahweh could be translated as he will be. And you all really need to thank Melissa um, as I had this uh, next entire page talking about nothing but etymology, words, their tenses, where this word came from, history of words. I mean, actually, I had two pages of that. I think Jason would be the only one that would appreciate that. But Melissa very lovingly said, I think, and I could be wrong, uh, you're going to start losing people if you go over all of that. So it might be best just to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's strike two. All right. uh, Next is Abba. Have you ever thought about God as daddy? Um, Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. So Abba is the Aramaic word meaning daddy. It is a term of warm affection, intimacy, and respect for one's father. For some of you, it may sound like an irreverent way to address God. But Jesus called God our Father as part of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6-9. And he gave us that same right when he tells us to pray this way. In Matthew 6-9-13, Pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So you see right there in verse 9, Our Father. Not just Jesus' father, not just Adam's father, Our Father. In America, young children call their fathers daddy, but in the Middle East they say, Abba, Jesus said that we can call the great God of the universe, the one who created everything, that keeps the world spinning, keeps everything working, we can call him Daddy. Sam hasn't called me Daddy in years, but I remember those times being some of the sweetest. Melissa has a video on her phone she can show you when Sam was still in a high chair, and I guess I was acting crazy. doesn't sound like me, I know, but in the sweetest little baby voice, Sam looks right at the camera she was holding because I was standing behind her, squealed, and said... Stop making crazy eyes, peace, Dada. Abba or Daddy, or in Sam's case, Dada, you're so welcome. I mean, we, I will show that video on the screen if you'd like. Okay. Um, Abba or, or Dada, in Sam's case, really do show the closeness and love between the father and child. When we're scared, not sure of what we're seeing, unsure of what's coming next, that's when we really have to lean into the, our father's protection. It's sweet, it's innocent, and we call out to him as our daddy. In Mark fourteen thirty-five through 36, it had become abundantly clear that this time he was headed to the cross. Jesus cried out to his Abba. Verse 35, And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. He fully gave in to whatever God had in mind for him. Another example shows up in Romans eight fifteen when Jesus is discussing being full heirs with him. Romans eight fifteen through 17, for you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also glorified with him. This reminds us that one day we will be reunited with our Father in Heaven and after likely suffering with him, and we will ultimately be, ultimately be glorified in him. So that's name number two, Abba, Daddy, Father. Alright, point number three, third and final point, um, the next name that shows up is Jehovah Rapha, The Lord our healer. It shows up in Matthew 8, 5. Now, I know this has been a little bit of a Bible drill jumping all over the place, and I generally dislike that, but to truly appreciate all the many various names of God, it's helpful to see that uh, how many times God speaks of himself and Jesus speaks of himself and all these wonderful names so that they can connect with us exactly where we need them. So, Matthew 8, 5 through 13. When he, Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is dying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. So these are men that have been following him all this time, and he stops right there and says, this guy has more faith than you and everyone else that I've talked to. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Now that's power. I know we see miracles all over the Bible, but this one gets me every time for some reason. The God of the universe, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, healed the centurion's servant instantly, an untold miles away, didn't ask where he was, didn't ask what he was doing at the time, all because the centurion believed. And I've told my story many times in front of the church, so I won't tell it again, but I have felt the hand of Jehovah Rapha. We showed up to the emergency room. So much pain in my head, it felt like it was about to explode. Initial scan showed a terminal brain bleed. I'm not leaving the hospital alive. Melissa starts making calls. Her dad activates the prayer chain in his church association. By the time the second scan is done, it's a perfectly operable, non-cancerous brain tumor that the surgeon they just called back from vacation has experience with, and he can get it. I don't know if I, will, if I ever took what's-your-gifting tests before that event, but I will tell you every time I've taken a what's-your-gifting test after that, faith is always near the top. That's the power of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. So, recapping the three names we discussed today, I am, or I am who I am, or Yahweh, the self-existent one, Abba, Daddy or Father, and Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. So that's it. That's the end of my notes. Now watch as I continue reading. Um, I'll ask Jackson, whoever is doing our closing music, to come on down. I would be remiss if I didn't share the gospel and give you a chance to respond to it. I'm pretty sure nothing I've said today has led you to consider giving your life to Christ, but then again, that could just be my lack of faith speaking. Here it is. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. All of us. There's not one in this room that hasn't. Knowing that we couldn't do anything to bridge the gap God chose to send us Jesus, his only son. Jesus took the world's sin for all time, and I think sometimes we lose that, all time before, now, all time in the future. He took it all and died the worst death anyone could die, death on a cross. But praise the Lord, that's not the end of the story. Jesus' body laid in the tomb for three full days, and he came back to life with our salvation in hand. All he asks from us is our belief and willingness to, as imperfectly as we all do it, follow his teachings and his word. If you're willing to believe and follow him, come down and let us know. If you just need to come kneel and pray or stand and pray, the altar's open.